I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a recap of a hundred days through quotes, a string of words. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 461, Following the Words. Following the Words. I keep putting off doing this, and I can't exactly figure out why. Really, I just need to sit down and do it. That's so often the case. So often, we put things off, we make them into something bigger than they are, make a mountain out of a little pile. We just need to sit down and do it. We just need to write the first word or draw the first line or make the first mark or splatter the first bit of paint, mix the first palette. Sometimes we just need to sit down and do it. And if it isn't your cup of tea, it's okay. I had to tell myself that this is not everyone's cup of tea. And sometimes the more of me you know, the less you will find this to be your cup of tea. And I have to be able to just say, yes, I know that. And I have to reconcile myself with that each and every time. An interesting thing about a podcast like this is that I can't completely separate it from me. I can't totally set myself aside and ignore whatever is going on and sit down and talk about the green grass and the wonderful sound of the birds and the poppies at the top of the hill. Now, I can and do talk about all of those things, but usually they are overlaid and contextualized by whatever is going on, because those poppies can be so beautiful and wonderful and wavering there in the wind, but they can also be tightly curled up, more melancholy, more tied to a very different tone. I can't completely get myself out of my show, and I think that is simply the way it is. There are other kinds of shows that are very different, but not this one. And so through the years, the bits and pieces of me are woven in. There are my stories of art, yes, of trying this or that, enjoying this or that, of exploring styles and methods and approaches and materials, of coming into my own approach with illustrated journaling and being content, content to work in a format that always walks the line between private and public, a format that is also putting me in a place where I'm doing the same thing day in and day out, week to week, and it's probably not as exciting as always jumping to the next new thing. My show contains fun things like Queen's Tea, sweet things through the years like Artist Dates with my son, plenty of origami, great books, lots of light, growing themes of gratitude and mindfulness, the ever-present thread of memory, lots and lots of fountain pens and ink, an ongoing search for balance, for contentment, for peace and grace. 
but every show starts from where I am. And I try to weave all of that together in a way that both provides an example, provides a continuous storyline that might resonate with you, but also that is an advocation for you, a reminder of small pockets of time and small windows and inches and little squares and five minutes here and there, and the value of doing, the value of habit and routine, showing up, sitting down, doing what you love, loving what you do, making room for your art, evolving that part of you, and making it a priority seeing how important and empowering it can be. So I am always trying to also do that, to inspire you, to nudge you in many cases, to help reframe and realign and recontextualize and give us all new ways to approach what we're doing, how we talk about it, how we look at it, how we think about it, how we share it, how we go on. I am sitting back in a normal space for me. Feels strange. It seemed to be somehow right in this moment to do it. But this is, I am reminded, a noisy space in its own way because it faces a front street. So there is a different level of noise. And that's always been part of the background of my show. I don't have fancy sound blocking things. You just have to kind of go with it. So every show starts from where I am. I sit down and I say, hello, hello. I summarize things, give some context, try and steer clear of too much information, but I also sit down to chat. Usually these first five, six minutes are just whatever they are, whatever they are, which comes from whatever is going on. I do a lot more deleting now, that's for sure. Today is the first day of the 100-day project for many of you, and this show will come out after that, if you are doing that project. I hope you have a plan that you are excited about, and I hope you take things one day at a time. I hope you realize it's a construct. It's a wonderful project, and it is a wonderful construct, but it is a construct Don't put too much pressure on yourself. It is a framework you're deciding to follow and you want to do it at the same time as others. And that can be fun, exciting. It can give you a little bit of adrenaline to do it knowing other people are all doing their thing on the same day. That is a wonderful feeling. If it doesn't work out, it's okay. If you end up not liking what you chose, it's okay. Don't overthink it at the start, but I think it's important to know that if you don't make it to 100, it is okay. For some people, they don't want to start because they're afraid they won't finish. Some people don't want to start because they don't want to be disappointed if they don't finish. You can find it to be a satisfying, nourishing, nurturing, growing project, no matter how many days you do. So starting is always a good thing. Starting is always a good thing. 100 days can be a fantastic project. It gives you this set of anchors. It's a way to focus. Projects like this, things that we can count and track off, they give us lines to work around, reasons to show up, some practice with self-accountability. They help us 
put ourselves out there even in different ways. So if you started, I hope you are excited. I hope you don't overthink it. You just do it. You keep showing up as long as it makes sense for you. And you enjoy what you're doing. Do it for you. Don't do it because of what other people are doing or how they do it. Don't do it just to try and fit in. Whatever your project is, I hope you love it and you're doing it for you. This week, I finished my 100 days wearing a woolen company dress. And I've mentioned it a few times, more than a few times now. Some of you have followed along as I've made my daily updates, talking more about life than my clothes, which is authentic to me, but doing so from within the moment of wearing the dress. It was its own framework. And that was a project, a daily project, a 100-day project, and so very similar to the kinds of things we do with our art in the 100-day project. One of the things that fascinated me most about watching other people do this challenge is the life that gets lived in 100 days. Things happen, life happens, good and bad, it all happens. 100 days, it's almost a third of a year. In watching others do this challenge, I've seen people get sick, people have family members and loved ones die, people have fires, or things break, or things go majorly wrong. People have dealt with all kinds of problems and good things, with setbacks, with a whole assortment of things. A hundred days is a lot of time. And the thread that holds everything together in that challenge, the continuous line, is that for a span of 100 days, they are wearing the same dress every day. It's that simple. And in that challenge, the one thing you don't have to think about every day and that you don't have to decide is what to wear. I finished up my 100 and I wasn't done. Now, I finished it in an odd week, maybe, but I wasn't done. And I realized that that was probably going to be how I felt a few weeks ago. So I wasn't surprised by feeling that I wasn't done. You're not surprised either that I wasn't done. I reached 100 and said, "Ah, I'm not done. As the date for that 100 approached, I knew that I wasn't done. I thought about it. I kept thinking about it, like, what is going on? I had a pretty good sense of why. Maybe there were multiple reasons why. And so I am continuing a bit. I'm trying to sort out what that means and what that looks like. But I am still showing up. I was thinking that with other projects... When the count is over, usually we're so glad to be done. We're going, whew, so glad I made it if we finished. So glad I did this. We take a deep breath. And yes, we sometimes deal with the post-challenge slump, the little bit of malaise, the almost letdown that sometimes follows when a challenge ends. But a lot of times we move on. Inktober happens. We move on. ICAD happens we move on. Although uh, some people don't move on. And in years past, I have done that for uh, continued for a number of days after the end. But a lot of times, whatever our project is, we do move on. But it doesn't always happen that way. Last year with the 100 day project, I used dip pen 
and circles for 100 days. So I had two projects going on that worked together and in tandem and side by side and overlapped and ended up being just a joint kind of combined thing. But at the end of it, my teeth were so on edge by the dip pen that I'd been using that I did put it aside. I had loved it. I loved the line, but it did have this really teeth jarring sensation happening sometimes with the sound of it. I put it aside, but the circles persisted and the circles have become not only a routine element for me in my journal, but more than that, they're really a staple. They're really a foundational element for me now. Sometimes you move on from a project, glad you did it, but ready to return to your life, maybe to your jeans and your t-shirts. And sometimes a long project is something that you incorporate, you envelop, you take it in, you embrace it, and it becomes a part of you. We grow in these ways as things get patched onto us and become a part of us, and slowly they are pulled in and internalized and They really do become part of us. I am still thinking about whether or not I want to do a 100-day project this year. By the time you hear this show, show by the time you hear this show, of course, I will have either started something or not. I don't know. I have bounced around a little bit in what I think and how I feel. And again, it's hard to separate it from this span of time, these days, right now, what's going on with me. I feel like some of the simple things that I might want to do wouldn't seem enough. This is always the challenge for me. Some of the things that I could easily see myself doing, they just don't seem to quite be enough. So I'm always looking for something that has the right hook for me personally. And those little bitty things when they seem like they might not be enough, they just kind of don't seem like they matter to me to do as 100 days for myself. So I am still thinking I might even do a late start. I'm okay with that. Again, it's a construct. It's a construct. You're not, you're not really obligated beyond what you set up for yourself and how you decide to do it. For those of you who are still thinking about doing a 100 or who have already started, there are several old shows. Last year's shows on dip pins and circles would be ones to backtrack to. And before that, the shows on the contour series, definitely that was a really, really important 100 day project for me. One that I didn't finish, but that was really satisfying and personally rewarding for me. There are other shows about working in a series. Sometimes I talk about this in the June-July context with Index Card a Day. I tend to approach that 60-day challenge as a series. And for me, the 100 days works well with a series mindset. Several years I've started it and haven't finished. Sometimes it just hasn't been the right project, even though I think it through. It hasn't been sustainable in a way that I can really just make it work. And a couple of times it has. So it is something that I advocate doing. I really support it. I think it's amazing and inspiring how many people do the 100-day project and the sheer range of ways they approach it and things they decide to do. I hope you are doing it. I am behind all of you who are doing it. And I hope you get lots of support. We will all be cheering you on when we see your work. So remember, you can get all of that support, but you have to love it. Also, you have to be doing it for you. Today, 
I thought that I might read to you a bit. I might read to you a series of quotes. I don't know exactly how this will work. I just kept putting off sitting here to do it, but it is what I have been feeling like I should do is read these quotes. It might be another show that I need to split up. I think I'm going to just read half of what I have planned. And so I will just see how it goes. Every day for the 100 days of the dress challenge, I posted a quote and then usually a bit of musing around that along with a life note, sort of like a journal, like a daily journal, something about the day. But there was always a quote. I started November 1, and that, of course, has become my gratitude month on the CMP, so on the podcast, but I didn't do a series of podcasts last year on gratitude. I didn't do all that many podcasts last year, really, but I did do a series of daily quotes and writing about gratitude as part of NaNoWriMo, which I completed, and as I did my daily post at Instagram for the dress challenge. So I really did have a full November of gratitude thinking and reflection and pondering and philosophy. And so I did that and anchored it in part around a series of quotes. When December rolled around, I continued with the quotes. It seemed to me to be a really good way for me to approach my daily posting on the dress challenge but I didn't limit myself to gratitude. Instead, each night I would think about what was feeling most important to me that day. What was I thinking about? What was I pondering, especially in the context of all the things the dress is about, all of my reasons why, all of the things going on. And then I would search for a quote. And sometimes it took me a really long time to find the right words, words that would seem right for others to see as well as somehow meaningful for me in that day. But I would find a quote, and then I would share a quote. Now, as a writer, I know that there might be dozens of similar quotes, dozens of quotes on the same sentiment, the same capturing, the same idea, the same philosophy, the same mindset. I don't always retreat to quotes. I don't always surface quotes. But I was using the quotes this time, and I really appreciated just the finding of that and the leading off with someone else's words in a set of quotation marks. So each day, I would try and find one quote, sometimes there were two, to preface my daily post. We had December, and then January, and then February. And when I think back on the 100 days, I know that there were some beautiful words. Because of the nature of the challenge, after I moved from the 30 days of gratitude, I was thinking and writing a lot about simplicity and simplification, about minimalism and mindfulness, about aging, about loss, about balance, and then, of course, about favorite themes of whimsy and wonder, identity and light. I was thinking about decluttering, about having less versus more, about all of the things tied up with that, about what is enough, about how to deal with where we end up with so much stuff, if that is you like me. December and New Year's holidays happened in there. November has always coupled light with gratitude for me. Several years in a row, especially starting with that first 
Spark series, that year of daily podcasts, I would get up each morning and try and capture the light out my kitchen window on paper, standing in the dark kitchen and drawing the varying lines. I usually made a box and I tried to just draw in this thumbnail of light. I would just sketch in the lines because usually it's very clear bands of color. And then I would try and name those colors. I was trying to write down what those colors are, what they were, what I was actually seeing. And I always thought that someday I would try it in color or translate it to color. Every year that I did this, I thought, okay, I'm going to this time around make these notes in the morning and then turn them into something else later in the day and have this full series. And that never happened. But the getting up every morning and looking was incredibly inspiring. Every time I've done it, it was inspiring. I think last year, the simple reality is I didn't even get up that early every morning. Everything was so different. So the years I've done it, it's been very, very, very meaningful. And I know others of you also do light projects. Some of you are doing that right now. Others of you track light and paint light and write about light. It is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful theme. So in November, I watched for light. I was doing the project. It was my gratitude month, my month of light. I associate November with some really beautiful light. I talked about light in my daily posts. I made myself go out and seek light. And because I also needed to grab a photo each day for the challenge, these activities became entwined. Over the last few weeks, so January and into February, I've also been catching beautiful light at the end of the day, just before dark. It was very clear to me when the days started lengthening, the time shift was really seemed dramatic. You could just see it happen. And I would go out and it would be at dusk, usually the final time I would go out with the dog. And so I was tracking light catching that light, stopping and pausing and looking and seeing, it became an important part of each day. And of course, the dog needed to pee. So that's why I was out there. I was trying to always get out before it was dark. And I could just walk back and forth, though, right in front of the house in a tiny space. I could just do that, preoccupied, unseeing. I go through much of my day like that, I think, sadly. So reminding myself each day that there is value in looking and seeing, something that I tell myself again and again. And I don't only tell myself, but I have to actually make myself act upon that. And that's why I tell all of you that over and over. A lot of times we know what we should do. We know what we should do. We have to actually do it. I knew that I needed to go to the beach the other day and park and sit. But part of me just didn't want to be bothered. We know what we should do, and we have to proactively go and do it. So I think the quotes form an interesting story. And so I thought I would read the quotes. I thought you would enjoy some of these quotes. Most of you haven't seen these quotes from me. You've probably seen them and heard them before. But I think in this context, some of these will go together and string together and create this, I don't know, beautiful little string of lights. Maybe. It should be easy listening. Easy listening. There were a hundred days. I'm going to read backwards too, which might skew things a bit, but I think it'll be okay. And I, you know, I'm not going to actually read each quote backwards, but I'm going to go backwards from 100 or 
a little past and just go backwards in time. So read them in a backward sequence. And I don't think I'm going to read the full 100. I might just go back maybe through December if I get that far. I don't think I'll read November and the gratitude series. I think I'll just go backwards for a little while. I just want to hear some of these quotes out loud. And I thought maybe you would too. So here we go. Day 103. Quote, I spent uncounted hours sitting at the bow, looking at the water and the sky, studying each wave, different from the last, seeing how it caught the light, the air, the wind, watching patterns, the sweep of it all, and letting it take me. The sea. Gary Pulse. Day 102. Quote, Show not what has been done, but what can be. How beautiful the world would be if there were a procedure for moving through labyrinths. End quote. Umberto Echo. Day 101. Quote, Somehow we'll find it, the balance between whom we wish to be and whom we need to be. But for now, we simply have to be satisfied with who we are. Brandon Sanderson. Day 100. Poem of the One World. This morning, the beautiful white heron was floating along above the water, and then into the sky of this, the one world we all belong to, where everything, sooner or later, is a part of everything else, which thought made me feel, for a little while, quite beautiful myself. That's Mary Oliver. Day 99. Quote, You must not ever stop being whimsical, and you must not ever give anyone else the responsibility for your life. Mary Oliver Day 98 Quote, Still, what I want in my life is to be willing to be dazzled, to cast aside the weight of facts and maybe even to float a little above this difficult world. I want to believe I am looking into the white fire of a great mystery. I want to believe that the imperfections are nothing, that the light is everything, that it is more than the sum of each flawed blossom rising and falling. And I do. Mary Oliver. Day 97. Quote, put one foot in front of the other, no matter what. Enjoy the hilltop views. Have courage in the valleys. Pay attention to the bends in the road. Cry when you have to, laugh when you can, be helpful to others, share your joys as well as your sorrows. Eleanor Brown And, quote, Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy the experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of our light. Brene Brown Day 96 quote, A lifetime may not be long enough to attune ourselves fully to the harmony of the universe, but just to become aware that we can resonate with it, that alone can be like waking up from a dream. David Stindl Rast. Day 95. Quote, Loneliness becomes an acid that eats away at you. Haruki Murakami. And, quote, 
Half of me is filled with bursting words and half of me is painfully shy. I crave solitude yet also crave people. I want to pour life and love into everything yet also nurture my self-care and go gently. I want to live within the rush of primal, intuitive decision, yet also wish to sit and contemplate. This is the messiness of life, that we all carry multitudes, so we must sit with the shifts. We are complicated creatures, and ultimately, the balance comes from this understanding. Be water, flowing, flexible and soft, subtly powerful and open, wild and serene, able to accept all changes, yet still led by the pull of steady tides. It is enough. Victoria Erickson Day 94, quote, The moon will guide you through the night with her brightness, but she will always dwell in the darkness in order to be seen. Shannon Alder Day 93, quote, Minimalism is not a lack of something. It's simply the perfect amount of something. Nicholas Burroughs. Day 92, quote, The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and all science. He to whom this emotion is a stranger, who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe, is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. Albert Einstein. Day 91, quote, Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Albert Einstein. Day 90, quote, The best way to enjoy your favorite things every day is to only own your favorite things. Courtney Carver. Day 89, quote, It's up to us to create small pockets of slow into our days and weeks so we get a chance to notice our lives, to witness the smallest moments, and of course, to enjoy this short time we have. Courtney Carver. Day 88. Quote, We do not believe in ourselves until someone reveals that deep inside us something is valuable, worth listening to, worthy of our trust, sacred to our touch. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. E.E. E. Cummings. Day 87. Quote, I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. William Wordsworth Day 86, quote, You make a million decisions that mean nothing, and then one day you order takeout, and it changes your life. And day 85, Harry, why don't you tell me the story of your life? Sally, the story of my life? Harry, we've got 18 hours to kill before we hit New York. Sally, the story of my life isn't even going to get us out of Chicago. I mean, nothing's happened to me yet. That's why I'm going to New York. Day 84, quote, Our souls are not hungry for fame, comfort, wealth, or power. Our souls are hungry for meaning for the sense that we have figured out how to live so that our lives matter. Harold Kushner Day 83 
Quote, I always forget how important the empty days are, how important it may be sometimes not to expect to produce anything, even a few lines in a journal. A day when one has not pushed oneself to the limit seems a damaged, damaging day, a sinful day. Not so. The most valuable thing one can do for the psyche, occasionally, is to let it rest, wander, live in the changing light of a room. May Sarton. Day 82, quote, let go of the thoughts that don't make you strong. Karen Salmonson. And, quote, in every walk with nature, one receives far more than he seeks. John Muir. Day 81, quote, thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle, and the life of the candle will not be shortened. Happiness never decreases by being shared. Buddha. Day 80, quote, today is one of those excellent January partly cloudies in which light chooses an unexpected part of the landscape to trick out in guilt, and then the shadow sweeps it away. You know you're alive. You take huge steps, trying to feel the planet's roundness arc between your feet. Annie Dillard. Day 79, quote, have patience with everything that remains unsolved in your heart. Live in the question. Rainer Maria Rilke. Day 78. Quote, happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it will elude you. But if you turn your attention to other things, it will come and sit softly on your shoulder. Henry David Thoreau. Day 77. Quote, learning how to be still, to really be still and let life happen, that stillness becomes a radiance. Morgan Freeman. Day 76, quote, because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Brene Brown. Day 75, quote, the secret of happiness, you see, is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. Socrates. Day 74, quote, true wisdom is like an ocean. The deeper you go, the greater the treasures you'll find. Matshona Dilueo. Day 72, quote, I would have given anything to keep her little. They outgrow us so much faster than we outgrow them. Jody Pico. Day 71, quote, time does have a way of softening most things. Anger, Hate and even loss are often diluted by the passage of time, and memories, well, they become more precious as days go by, until one day the cup that seemed half empty incredibly becomes half full. Cynthia Mock Burroughs. Day 70. Quote, begin at once to live and count each separate day as a separate life. And so I'm going to cut it off there. I think there are still another handful that I want to read. And I know some of you probably don't like having these shows break up this way abruptly, but there are logistical reasons why shorter shows might still work better and might be more possible. I'm going to cut it and we'll see if I can muster up another intro from myself and my days, then I will be back with the second set of these. Still was only planning to go backwards to 30, but we still have about 
oh, 20-ish or more to go. That is going to be it for today. If you listened, thank you. If you hated it, I'm sorry. If you loved it, awesome. If you had a favorite quote, great. I'd love to know. If something really struck you and resonated, I'd love to know what that might be. If you're doing a 100-day project, I'd love to know. I would just love to know what you're doing creatively, how you're keeping yourself going and learning and happy and excited about your art and your mark making and your projects. And I hope things are going well. I hope things are going well. Sitting here in this space with my little string of lights on above me is definitely a return to something. And see if it feeds or fuels anything else. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are at creativitymatterspodcast.com. Please sign up for the newsletter if you are interested in being in the loop in anything about the podcast or illustrate your week, which are my weekly illustrated journaling prompts, or in the possibility of drawing with friends. That's sort of what we call it, but a casual drawing group on the weekends. I will be opening up some of those days and weekend dates. So if you're interested in trying that out, then sign up for the newsletter because that will be how I let people know that dates are available. Thank you to those of you who have drawn with me before and who do draw and who get to know me in that way and continue to listen to the CMP. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. That's where the Illustrate Your Week prompts are. Thank you to those of you who support the show in any way, including Kofi, those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. I appreciate all of you for your belief in the show. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.